Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. Uh, we are here in Maui for the Qualcomm Tech Summit. I'm your host, of course, it's Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? Uh, I'm also here with Jaime Rivera, who you probably have seen doing the daily from Maui as well. The two of us are joined by Super Sav TV, Super Sav himself. Uh, Sav is here to talk a little bit about Snapdragon, uh, as we all have been here for the announcements. And then Mr. Mobile himself, Michael Fisher, comes back to the podcast's old stomping grounds uh, and talks to us about 5G. Now, uh, he actually actually went to another part of the island in order to experience 5G outside of the very specific environment of this resort. He talks about that near the end of this episode. And yes, we do have a new format for the podcast that we have been doing for the last couple of weeks, and it looks like a lot of you have been enjoying it. But for this week, since we have all of our friends available, like I said before, the discussional slash conversational podcasts are going to be more or less uh, special events. Uh, and wherever applicable, we will still bring that back. And that's exactly what we're doing this week. So enjoy this almost hour-long conversation between the four of us. Let's go ahead and jump in. Oh, oh. <laughs> slick move. Ooh, so wait, so my levels are good. I'm hoping so. Level, yeah. level, level. We'll find out. I usually find out on the fly. How, how <laughs> close do I hold this mic, by the way? Uh, right around there is good. Yeah, okay. Right. You just put it in your mouth. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> there, are, there are three of them on the floor right now. Three, three mics? Surface Pro Max. Oh, Pro Maxes. Pro, Pro Xs. Right? Pro Xs. Pro, X's. Pro Max. Surface Pro Max 11. It is certainly not Max, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. But I have to say, um, if we're going to start off with that, I'm not the only one that actually really likes it, am I? Uh, there are parts of it I really like an awful lot. As a matter of fact, when the Microsoft did its Surface event, uh, I this was the only one I was truly interested in exploring. Same. Right? Because the other ones are just iterations. It's literally Surface Pro 7 is like the seventh time we've gotten that design. Yeah. And this is so much closer to the compelling things about the iPad Pro while still being a laptop. Like, this hardware is very cool. Oh, yeah. Man. It's just so awesome, honestly. And But it, isn't it that... Okay, I think you told me this that it's it's only really made for very specific use cases right now. Well, it's it's designed to compete with the iPad Pro at a higher level. Not the Pixelbook? Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay, I was thinking of Pixelbook. Definitely. Yeah. Not, it's, it's just funny where I did notice some reviews where they were like, yeah, but you can't edit anything on Photoshop or do video editing. And I'm like, well, the always connected PC was never designed for that. Also, not right. everyone does that. Yeah, I mean, but here's, I think people bring that into the conversation because of the price of it, right? Mm. And this is certainly not a, a, a cheap device by any means. Well, but it starts at $999. What's the price of the 12.9 inch iPad Pro? I don't know, but I think it's higher than that, isn't well, it? Yeah, Let's yeah. Let's look let me, it up. Let me, let me check. Where's yours, Seth? I, I don't have one, so this is why I'm just... <laughs> oh, no. This is why I'm the host. Passing <laughs> <laughs> the mic around. Well, the Super Seth takeover. Well, in that case, what has, what has been your take on ACPCs? 1000 bucks, 1049 1000 bucks for the 11-inch iPad Pro? 11-inch iPad Pro. Okay. 1049 So where do you land on the whole always-connected PC type? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's definitely... An area which I want to explore more yeah. and see more of. Have you uh, used any yet? I haven't extensively, no. Oh, okay. So I've I've used and I, I I wanted to get hold of that. I've not got it yet. I will be getting it soon. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know the the extended battery life. Uh, I'm somebody who travels a lot, so yeah. that's something that's very much appealing to me. Uh, I would like it to do you know a little bit of uh, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I know there's been talk about Photoshop. I've recently got Photoshop on my iPad Pro, which is okay. Okay. Still a cut down version. Is it enough for thumbnails? Ah, uh, no. Really? Okay. I don't know. It's... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's nine ninety nine for the sixty four gigabyte variant, twelve point nine inch iPad Pro. 
Oh, the twelve, the thirteen inch, the bigger, yeah. the bigger. Yeah. Okay. And all of this research done on Microsoft Edge because that's what you should be using. On <laughs> Yo, man, don't hate on Chrome in my presence. Now I've got to got to use Chrome. It's all all my logins. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been using Chrome. It works. It's just it work. Firefox works significantly better. Um, yeah, I think I've had a couple tab crashes in Chrome, but Chrome has, has been okay. Now, I should say that, look, I don't know when you guys got yours. I just got mine a day ago. I got mine two days ago, Same. yeah. Okay, yeah. so like well, this is, you know, I have no idea what my conclusions are going to be. I will say if there's a disappointing thing so far, it's that what, what of the, what's the drumbeat they've continually hit with ACPC? They're light, mm -hmm. they're fanless, they're always connected. This meets all of that, but Qualcomm is always saying they have all day battery life or like two day battery life, you know, and yo, this doesn't, yeah, it, okay. I can already so that's, tell that's you it doesn't. No, obviously it's not something I've tried. <laughs> I've uh, fallen for the marketing hype. <laughs> <laughs> we'll so, I, so I am at 62% battery. I started using it at 9 a.m. Oh, you know what? I should it is now 2.15 15 p.m. So right. And I haven't stopped using it like all day. Right. So it feels like a pretty good, pretty good endurance for a conventional laptop. Yeah. The thing with ACPC, the promise has always been, and we remember, we were all here when they announced it the, for two years ago, yep. 20 hours of usage. But, here, but here's the thing. And I, even if you fall short of that, sorry, but mm -hmm. even if you fall short of that, you know, 13 hours, if, if you miss the mark by almost 50%, that's still amazing. This is looking to me like an eight hour machine, which yeah. is good, yeah. but it's not, I feel like the ACPC should be trying to achieve, is trying to achieve more, and for whatever reason, they just Microsoft didn't put a big battery in this. But what do you feel is the, the culprit for that? Is it full full Windows, perhaps? No, or, no. In, in, the the, in, in, in the case of this computer, it's literally, obviously, you're not going to hear it, but it's pretty much an 8CX overclocked. And so I feel oh. that it has to do with the fact that it's not really an 8CX. Microsoft did a couple of tweaks, and so it is designed to be even more powerful and so what does microsoft call it an sq1 sq1 yeah but so so it's it's actually not Qualcomm's promise this is actually our first experience with the sq1 which is based on i would say the 8cx i even asked is it based on the 850 they're like no no it, it's the 8cx yeah um but it's three gigahertz okay so it's just clocked faster yeah interesting yeah I want to be able to say more, and I haven't done the research, so I don't want to Same. start speculating. Well, we had we had three different configurations for this thing, and I think that's the reason why the hardware is so exciting, is because I mean you have it in the tablet form. I have it closed, and then this is the laptop. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean that's just so cool, and I'm, I I guess I guess I'm still in the first couple of days of the honeymoon phase. Obviously, Same. I think that's the reason why I'm so into it. Same. No question. Yeah. And but but what the beauty of it is, and sorry to, to repeat my point from before, but like you can get a Surface Pro 7 that's the same design as it's always been, and that design is terrific. Surface is a great idea. Or you can get this, which is way thinner, a lot more portable, has a much smaller bezel, much much more effective use of screen, and it, it, it feels so much more modern. It feels like the next yeah. expression of Surface. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, sort of how the Go felt in a very different way. Yeah. Uh, and I love that they're evolving it. And I love that they're evolving it based on a Qualcomm design that I've been excited about since 2017. I'm just sad the battery doesn't appear to be measuring up. Well, I also think we should be um, as thorough as possible, especially with our audience who may not realize why there's a little bit more of that heartbreak with this, is because it's, it is an ARM processor that doesn't have as many apps that are actually uh, compatible with it so that's one of the biggest things that i've been heard that i've had to kind of struggle with is well, finding the apps that actually work with it. well it's windows 10 home i honestly i i was shocked that it didn't come with windows 10 and s mode 
I think that, that would have been a better idea just to level down the expectations a little. Because the biggest problem is that, and this is not Qualcomm's fault. This is totally Microsoft's fault. You go to the you go to the Windows Store. You see any app. You are able to technically download it, but then it either doesn't download or it doesn't install, or it just it works in a very clunky fashion. Hmm. I think that Microsoft really needs to work, like in the case of Apple, where if there's no if there's an iPhone app that's not designed for iPad, it will not even show up unless you explicitly look for the app and force it to give you the app. I think that the Windows Store just needs to do that. If this is an ARM-based chip, you're, the store should not even offer these. Did you update your Microsoft Store? Because that finally yeah. happened like a week ago. Did did everything yeah. and still like it installed all my apps. And again, like in, I know what I'm looking at when it came when it comes to using Chrome. Like it works just fine for me, except that if you like move Windows around, it becomes a little choppy. Yeah. But then if you use Edge or Firefox, those work just fine. Mm-hmm. Mm. So uh, honestly, again, it's also not Windows' fault. Not uh, it's actually not even Microsoft's fault that uh, I learned from inside sources that Google actually does have the ARM-based version of Chrome ready and just doesn't want to launch it. What? Yeah. For what reason? Uh, huh? Politics, I guess. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. But there is an ARM-optimized version of Chrome ready, and it has just not been launched. Uh, well, speaking of politics, actually, I was talking with some folks about these because, you know, you, when you get on Twitter, you start talking about always connected PCs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody asked a great question today. I'm sorry I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he was like, look, we've been hearing these great promises about ACPC for two years from Qualcomm, and yet they're barely on the market. You almost can't find them. They're hard to buy because there are very few models. A couple of them haven't even been released yet. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I came to this thing and a couple nights ago, asked some people. I was poking around and overhearing conversations and just trying to learn what I could. And it was my assumption that they Qualcomm just couldn't make enough 8CX chips. I'm like, it's got to be a bottleneck that, at their end, right? No, they apparently, apparently uh, have made plenty. They have no inventory problem. It is, it, it might be pressure from other, um, ah. other chip vendors on manufacturers and with a combination of maybe manufacturers a little gun shy after that initial wave of ACPCs was rather unimpressive in terms of performance. So I don't know, you know, the A35 powered ones. Yeah. So I don't know. It's all speculation. It's all rumor at this point. But I mean, I, I, I sure wish one of these would come out and just be a massive smash bang success wow. that the rest of it could ride on. Well, it's going to be the shotgun approach because they're still making them. So yep. <laughs> eventually one, hopefully they're hoping is just going to stick. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, but until the apps actually happen, you know, that's going to be a rough what, what did you think about the whole strategy of the 8C and 7C? I mean, we've got oh, yeah, the 8CX, yeah. and it's a jump into offering it at different price tiers. I think that they, they do have a point where it's like, you know, if you buy a sub $500 PC, they're really clunky, thick, you know, fans, the processors are not really impressive, and so here's an offering. I think it's smart. I just, I, I wish that the that the performance of the higher tier would make me feel better about that lower tier. <laughs> I think you're, yeah, you're, that would have been my answer too. And mm. my question is also, what do you tell someone in the real world when they come to you and say, should I get one of those new $500, $600, whatever, uh, mid-tier ACPCs or something else? And then you have to ask, well, do I recommend that or a Chromebook or yeah. an iPad? Well, and, the question should always be, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, of and, course. Yeah, and then that would be like, oh, if you're only doing emails and social, at the most. And it seems to me that's what most people have to do mm-hmm. now. So why, 
what does an ACPC bring to the equation that an iPad or a Chromebook oh. do, 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 doesn't? No, like yeah. in the case of the Chromebook, I can totally notice a comparison. In the case of an iPad, I'll tell you this much. That whole thing where you know Safari is now a desktop class browser, it's literally just telling the website, hey, listen, I'm not an iPad, I'm not an iPhone. That's all it's doing. But then from a processing perspective, if I wanted to use my iPad for like bank websites or stuff like that, it is, it is trash. Well, why don't you just use Chrome or Firefox on your iPad? Well, because those don't tell the website that they're not uh, that they're not an iPhone. Oh, right. that's The right. only one that does it is Safari. Yeah. And so definitely, if I okay. had to compare this, I would compare it to a Chromebook. And a, a very high, a high like a pixel book. And so is like there that. an answer to the question, though? Is there that one killer thing where you're just like, get this instead of a Chromebook because uh, okay. I haven't figured oh, it out so, yet. So in my case, it would be, and that's the reason why I was so excited to use this. If you try to use any of the, a lot of people are like, yeah, but Chromebooks now run Android apps. And I'm like, have you really tried them? Because they're really bad. They're, like, they're like, not. Yeah. Try to use Telegram on a Chromebook. It's like for using, example. well, okay, hold on. Try hold to on. use Microsoft OneNote on a Chromebook. And so if you really want to use Office applications without limitations, the only way you could do it is with an ACPC. Not even the iPad applications have full blown Excel, like the complete experience of Excel. Okay. You need a Windows computer. And so if right, you're an executive, fair. If you're an executive that requires Windows apps, like, you know, Office, like true blown Office, ACPC is the only way to go. It's interesting because I feel like yeah, that's a really good thing that I hadn't considered. And I hadn't considered it because it's been so long that I and frankly, most of the people I know who are my age and younger are like, yeah, I just use Docs. I use Google Docs and yeah. Google Sheets. And like, yeah. that's no, how we like, like, like if you're one of those executives in a company that will receive macros or, or pivot charts on your spreadsheet, you want to get an ACPC over the other two alternatives. Barely definitely. understand what you just said, but I like <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So before we go for a solid 15 minutes without having Seth in the conversation. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm, I'm still here. I'm the so comment here. section is blowing up right now, I bet. It's like, Seth is sleeping. <laughs> See, this is why I put thieves on Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, 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 hold on. I, hold on. Yeah. I, I feel so, <laughs> so underdressed for the occasion. All right. How have well, you been, okay. buddy? Yeah. Oh, good, good. So good to have yeah. you here, man. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, that was a good warm-up, I feel like. I think at this point, it's a good time to actually introduce our two guests. Uh, so why don't we start with Saf in that case. Uh, Saf, why don't you, you let everybody know? They all know who you are, but go yeah. ahead and remind them. I'm Saf from uh, Super Saf TV. All right, Michael. I'm Michael Fisher from Mr. Mobile. Yeah, making a return back to the podcast. Nice all to right. be back. We are obviously all here in Maui, um, all four of us, including Jaime Rivera right here. You've been watching him do the daily every day about Qualcomm and whatnot. So we're going to be talking about that today. Um, obviously, we talked about this device. Today was the um, the announcement of the, can we call them like mid-tier, the, the mid-tier computing platforms at the very least? You, you can if you're not doing sponsored content for Qualcomm. I will I call them the, uh, <laughs> the other computing platforms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're going to go ahead and move into the Snapdragon stuff, um, mm -hmm. especially mobile, especially in mobile for now. Yeah. Um, Saf, why don't we open the floor up to you, what you find exciting from Snapdragon 865, 765G, whatever you want to talk about. Let's just, let's just pop off. So yeah, I mean, 865, um, for me, generally, it's, it's it's nice to see um, new camera features, up to 200 megapixel support, uh, 8K video. The thing that I always come uh, come out with after seeing all of these announcements is, are we actually going to see them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Implemented. Yeah. It's it's all well and good that the chipset has these capabilities, but 
of course it depends if they're they're actually going to make it mm. to users and yeah. that's that's the thing for me so i'm very excited and you know hopeful but um we'll have to see yeah indeed isn't that the is that the rub every single year every year <laughs> it's like qualcomm builds in all these crazy capabilities and then the manufacturers implement some of them and some yeah. of them they don't mm. and you, and sometimes when the when the actual like really exciting features are finally implemented in a phone mm -hmm. they don't quite hit what we wanted them to oh, looking yeah. at sony mostly but <laughs> <laughs> who knows when the ak30 is finally going to come who knows when 4k 120 is finally going to come mm -hmm. i mean those are you're talking about camera those are things yeah I'm those are about. the sort of things i mean like you know I, I think we can all mutually agree that uh you know 4k 60 looks best on an iphone for can we can we can we yes. oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah okay. it does look great yeah. yes so you know, 4K60 has been something that we've had for a long time, and we have it on many of the flagship smartphones, but the one it works on best is not powered by yeah. the 855, for example. Mm -hmm. So it's it's something that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping is going to be coming more this year. Like, I'd love to have 8K video on, mm -hmm. on my smartphone, uh, but it's something that, you know, we're going to have to wait and see. Okay. How about you, Jaime? Oh man, I'm more excited about the 765, honestly. Yes, thank you. I, so here's the thing. I definitely am excited for 865, don't get me wrong. Uh, mainly 8K video, dude. Like what camera does 8K right now if it's not a red? Mm -hmm. Well, it was a red, right? Huh? Isn't the red like no longer coming out? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I thought that they halted production on that phone. Well, no, no, no. I'm not talking about the phone. I'm, I'm talking, talking about the camera. Like, if, if I, if you, if you, well, we're talking to... about phones here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's the thing, dude. Like, like even like, if your phone is like, surely, uh, you know, most Android phones are not necessarily the best at 4K video. But if they were to produce a 8K file and you just throw it into a 4K timeline, mm -hmm. how would that look? I mean, mm. I'm I'm really curious about that. Yeah. I think your computer would explode first of all. And the only <laughs> one way to find out. Yeah. Yeah. I know this, but, this so would explode. I, I'm definitely excited about that. I love that Qualcomm calls it the Beast. Oh God! Yeah. Do? No wait, you love that, dude. Because yeah. every single time that they were like, do you remember when when Huawei announced? when we were in the briefing of the of the Mate 20 Pro and just everything that they started throwing in there and I was like he really like reverse wireless charging in this and they oh, just yeah. started throwing so many things at it yeah. dude like the presentation for 865 was long and it was like I didn't snooze one bit just because of everything that they're throwing at this phone okay. uh, at this chip obviously the question is will it be implemented but that the chip is capable it's capable yeah that's that's it but like for Definitely. me like yeah. for me obviously I'm excited about 765 because it brings 5G to everybody else. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can pay a thousand dollars for a phone. 865, uh, you know, is at that higher price bracket, and so it it allows for 5G to be more accessible. mainstream to everybody, more accessible. And I yeah. feel that that's that's honestly what's going to drive 5G. It's never really the higher end products. It's always the general adoption of the other consumers. That's a very good point. Yeah. And so honestly, I think that the only way to like really push 5G to where it's supposed to be is the more phones you have out there that support it. Make it cheap. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but just be, honestly, like with anything, yeah. make it cheaper. I, yeah, I agree. I, I also think it's important to, to not, you know, what's the, it's not putting the cart before the horse. That is one expression, but I think building the, the wagon fixing the farm the door after the horses come home. I don't know what the hell it is. But it, it, Those it, analogies you, of yours, my friend. I'm, 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 I can't find the right one, but it's out there somewhere. Did you ride a horse earlier? <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> 
know. Hawaii gives me all kinds of mellow energy, but also brings my brain down a couple notches. No, I, I think that... Uh, oh, by hand- the way, we're going to talk about some 5G stuff after the break with you. Mm, excellent. So, yeah, bit of a teaser there. Excellent. But yeah, your thoughts on, uh, on Snapdragon right now. Uh, well, I... Okay, well, I'll save my 5G observation for, for, that, for that segment. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, I, you guys already said it. I, I, it is a given that when Qualcomm hosts an event announcing their next generation flagship processor, it's going to have a boatload of features. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be more power than most people need. A lot of people know that the phone I'm going to buy next year uh, is is a Snapdragon 710 powered device. <laughs> I don't care about high power silicon. I really don't. Um, but it, it will come down to which manufacturers decide to leverage those new capabilities. And until I see the first 865 powered phone, you know, uh, you know, the jury's going to be out for me. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the strategery. I'll use that word. No, <laughs> the my. strategery of this summit happening literally right before the season starts because mm. we have CES in literally weeks. It's well-timed. And everyone yeah, hears, wow. all the, everyone's heart rate just elevated when I said mm. that. Mm. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> we're, we're, we're here in Hawaii. Yeah. The event's almost over and now you just CES. Yeah. Like, oh, no. <laughs> so I, I noticed though that nobody talked about, okay, so the other things about it, I know camera is huge for all of us and mm. of course affordability as far as the 765 is concerned. No one talks about gaming. No one talks about the security. Security was a big deal for yeah. so, the so, 865. I mean, around the fingerprint scanner, yeah. um, 17 times larger. Mm-hmm. For like, the ultrasonic? Uh, yeah. 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 Two, two, so then, I mean, if you wanted extra security, you could use both thumbs at the yeah. same time. So three factor, because yeah. face and two. And so you saw, you, <laughs> saw, you saw the rumors of Touch ID on the next iPhone being powered by Qualcomm. Really? No, I didn't. You guys don't That's watch the Pocket Out Daily. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I missed it today. <laughs> one day, the one day I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, I, like Touch ID at all existing on the new iPhone is? Uh, it still feels a far way off, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, what? What? I thought that they were just going to completely leave that behind, and that we were in a new era of Face ID only. Mm, the rumor, rumors are, that, and from. And you know, trusted sources that I, I repeat myself all the time. Mm. But uh, but yeah, it's apparently that there are already talks in having this module huh. be on the next iPhone. That does, I think, you know, the the fingerprint scanner in display has always been that. Will it be a, a section of the screen? Is it? Well, but be that's the, the full thing. It, it literally takes up like that the module times. is huge. So you can like not think about positioning it wherever like with the note it's a little bit higher with the s10 it's a little bit lower so like for me when i switched from the s10 to the note it actually took some muscle memory like to reconfigure like where where i'm going to be putting my finger yeah now, if it's 17 times that size i don't have to worry about that i right. can just bam and, yeah. it, and it's in and personally speaking i've always preferred a fingerprint scanner whether it's in display or physical Same. to face uh, yeah i am glad that they talked about it at all because i feel mm. like with um we'll use the term flagship for like the iphone and for the pixel for them to like it's a casualty like mm. we don't have fingerprints on them anymore and mm. face unlock is okay and everything but come on like 100 percent with you yeah. I, I think fingerprint scanners is an undervalued convenience it and it, it reached maturity it got to a point where it was so good no one had to think about it yeah. and then they were like okay well now we're done with those and we're gonna make you look at your phone to unlock yeah. it and it's cool but it's not as convenient in every situation. For me, it's, there's only one reason why I prefer it, and it's literally having my notifications not visible until I look at the phone. But you could do the same thing with the fingerprint, ideally. Right. No, you can't. Well, they should make that setting. Is what yeah, they should make that setting. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Mm. No. no, I mean, there's so many, like, uh, I've noticed it more while I'm here because it's sunny. So when you have, like, 
bright sunlight behind you and you try to use pixel iphone whatever it is it's just not going to unlock right and this is the thing like there's certain situations where you know you're just like i don't want to be doing this i mean like with a fingerprint scanner just, i'd be in already yeah. yeah i'd already be in i don't even have to think about this it did look a little awkward when he was trying to take the phone out and not look at the phone and do a fingerprint thing i, mm. I get that the area is large but it still mm. feels a little unnatural as opposed to the rear mm. you know what i mean and also finding no, that dimple yeah exactly like that tactility helped in that regard but i'm not saying we should go back to it this is still nice Drop mm. that finger on that dimple. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, and then gaming, gaming wise. Okay. I guess the one thing that I wanted to say about the gaming presentation is that they don't really know how to illustrate how the gaming enhancements will actually benefit the phones moving forward because it was way too low level. Like, oh, the Vulcan with the shadows coming in and all that. And I'm like, no, well, show me some actual like partners in games. They had so many partners for everything but games. Hmm. Like they had, they had a PUBG uh, thing. They talked. We talked. We we spoke with Tencent. Blah blah blah. But no one was on stage for it. I we worked see closely with our friends at Tencent. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Harken back to your tweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm I'm still excited about the gaming stuff because there's a 765G, and which even, is optimized for gaming. Yes, ideally. <laughs> okay. Yes, that's what G is for. Hopefully. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it should the 765G. I already have. Um, you know, in that pouch over there, I have the. Uh, the Mi Note 10, and that has the 730G. And I got to tell you, the, the performance on that phone for a phone that's under $600 is honestly just as good as like my current Pixel. Really? I love the performance on that phone. It doesn't even feel like a mid-tier phone. Well, you're not saying much when you're comparing it to the Pixel. Ooh. Ooh. Which has the 855, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Everyone's favorite pin not, not the 855's uh, fault. Google Pixel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe not. I have, I have a question as, as a guy who doesn't really follow mobile gaming much because I'm like, it's, it's Switch for me or it's console when I'm home. I, I don't like gaming on a touchscreen. Same. It's not Same. very satisfying to me. Maybe, I, yeah, I'm old. But uh, my question is, I haven't followed the game, the gaming <laughs> optimized the silicon. <laughs> I haven't followed that seven hundred, that seven XX G series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What does it sacrifice versus the, its, uh, you know, uh, commensurately released high end eight XX? I, I actually couldn't really tell you other than I, I feel like oh. on a spec sheet I saw it say it's 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 ten nanometer. That's one thing. Okay, so okay. the difference with the diff here's the thing. Usually it's the it's the market. It's these are these are not one thousand dollar phones, right? They are designed to be five to six hundred dollar phones, if not less. That will bring enough power. Like the, I wouldn't say that the graphics of the eight series, but good enough to perform like an eight series, but not be priced at that bracket. So yeah, I guess that's my, that's my question. Yeah, like that's it, end it, user. It sacrifices stuff on the CPU side and then like puts in a, the same killer GPU as whatever. Uh, that's as what, I, that's what I think it okay. is. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but, but honestly, I mean, we've gotten to a point now where even if you go below the 800 tier, the phones are performing just fine. Uh, yeah. Again. Again, gonna carry a 710 powered phone, <laughs> not worried about how it's gonna perform. Because I carried a Blackberry for six months and it was fine. But it was true. never not fast enough. How, for how me. long do Pixel people use their smartphones yes. for? So, like, how will a 760 series chipset age in a couple of years compared to? an 8 series chipset. But of course, you're, but the thing is you're talking about a market where every two years you should be on a new phone anyway. Ideally. Does, ideally, but I don't know, like, this is the thing. Um, you know, I have people who are in like, say the A11 uh, from Apple and, you know, they're still performing pretty well. So yeah. I, th I think, I think there's, that's another factor that you of always course. have to consider is if you're already trying to go for a budget phone, I'm assuming that you're not going to have the luxury of upgrading every year. 
Yeah. No, I, I get that. So totally. that's maybe, always a reality. Yes. I don't know. So maybe like this is the thing. I mean, like maybe an ape, apes the, the well, I think the A sixty five will perform better over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Does um, depends on the OEM. Mm. That's the problem. Okay. I was just about there's to also say, that yeah. factor as well. Because I was going to say, but I mean, on the core, knowing what the A sixty five has, are does it give you like this is a speculation corner at this point? Like, does it give you any excitement for specific phones you know might be coming in twenty twenty? Like, does it make you more excited for like what Samsung might do with it, what Sony might do with it, what LG might do with it? Are there is there anything that you're projecting that you're really looking forward to at this point? After this uh, I'm looking. Well, the first phone to run it would be a Xiaomi. Yeah. Um, which obviously it's 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 going to be a no show for you know for our well we will obviously get exposed to it but it, it won't be a no show for the United States which is what 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 I care about yeah that's true um, so obviously I guess that the first phone would be the Galaxy S if yeah. it ends up launching with it because then there were other rumors that it was like yeah it's going to be Exynos only ooh okay I need this some confirmation weird. here didn't Samsung stop Exynos production though. Dude, not the, fully. The, no, not fully. But like right now, there are other phones that are not just Samsung that are running Exynos oh. from Xiaomi, particularly. Yeah, yeah. Motorola as well. That's yeah. true. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I I do know that, for example, that 765 is based on the Samsung architecture, mm-hmm. not the TSMC, but they're huh. both seven nanometer. Mm. Just uh, just different processes, but it's it's still seven nanometer. Yeah. I, a month ago, an OnTech reported Samsung confirms custom CPU development cancellation. Custom. Custom. Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. You see, you know what? The, the show, we might just always have a Surface Pro X on us. We, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the Surface Pro X, I mean, it looks painful currently looking at your knees. Oh, it looks like it's, oh, it's carving oh, up your legs, dude. dude. Fantastic, fantastic. Oh, no. like, this is the thing. I mean, like, for me right now, that's just like, Man, but it, but it's, it's uh, listen. It's the it's the problem with the form factor, which yes. I honestly I don't really like. Mm. We need to take a picture of this. Can you overlay a picture of this? We need to take a picture. Go ahead. That's like that's that's that looks. That looks, it looks like Jaime is. If dude, you're that listening looks, to the audio version I mean, of the show, it kind of looks pretty, like Jaime is being but, but sliced ha- into sandwich but, ha- but hasn't this been the criticism of this form factor from oh, day one? No, the Surface line has never been great for laps. It's just no. the thing you have to deal with when you when you get a Surface. Like, it's not yeah. a laptop. Can you like right. put like a yeah. rubber? Right. It's a convertible. So actually, I actually, I remember that my Surface Pro 3 was not sharp from here. That's interesting. Mm. No, something for your review. He's over here. Okay. <laughs> I can't feel my legs. <laughs> Just a trickle of blood. Yeah, right yeah. You know what? I'm going to close it down so you guys stop making fun of me. <laughs> I just couldn't help but notice the tablet mode. No, I, I, Windows was not really designed for tablet mode. It's I not, but it. when you switch over to tablet mode, I mean, I'm, do, I'm having a fine time. I thought I, I was going to hate this. On the, the way to the keynote this morning, I was looking fine. at some stuff. It was kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. Fine. Well, with all of that, let's go and get into our one break for, for today. Today. <laughs> Today's show is sponsored by Kazeta Smart Lighting Control from Lutron, pioneers in smart home technology. A lot of people think you need smart bulbs to get smart lighting, but there is a smarter way. Kazeta Smart Dimmers and Switches replace the switch in your wall so that all the lights controlled by that switch will act smart. Think of all the places in your home where one switch controls multiple bulbs. Ceiling lights, chandeliers, bathrooms, and more. With Caseta, you'll save money by replacing the switches instead of replacing all of those bulbs. After all, the smart bulbs are only smart while the switch is on. If someone flips it off, you can say goodbye to that smart control and connectivity. Caseta switches are always smart even if the switch is off. So with these dimmers, you don't need to buy smart bulbs to enjoy smart lighting. You get the best of both worlds. Smart lighting control from an app or your voice and control right at the switch. 
I'm traveling right now, obviously, and uh, one fun thing that I could do is pull up the Caseta app and kind of freak out people that are in my home right now, like my folks or my brother. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I'd be able to turn on the lights uh, and they would probably know it's me though, because obviously I set up all of those lights. Uh, so it's really easy to just control it with the app, but they can always turn it off at the switch also. You can get smart lighting the smart way with Caseta by Lutron Smart Switches. Learn more about Caseta at Lutron.com weekly. That's Lutron.com weekly. I'm actually highly jealous of the other three of you right now because I think you all are holding a phone that I want to hold so bad. Ooh. <laughs> and this hold is... my phone, Josh. Okay, Ooh. fair. That's, he has to clean it first. <laughs> Make sure, Josh. Like, you can hold it up. Ooh. Oh, snap. Oh, man. Oh, and a case, too. With a case and a... Oh, Mac so by the way, Michael, tell me that you didn't throw away the box before finding the case. Uh, I did not throw away the box. Mm-hmm. But have, you fa- well, have you found the case? I didn't realize that the case is in the box. Look at that. That's Look at amazing this case. Looking. Oh, my goodness. So, so Des reached out after I, after I published an Instagram story about it. And he's like, don't forget the secret compartment. And I'm like... Why do they I keep doing that? One plus why do you keep hiding <laughs> cases? I know. You know how many one plus cases are in dumb or like <laughs> landfills because people couldn't find them in the press? So, so from the box, the bottom, yes. it, it has right. like an orange thing. Mm. You just separate it. And uh-huh. it's, uh. well, isn't, isn't it a slide compartment at the bottom? No. It's, it, you pull well, out. Well, another, it, that was from before. Wasn't that the seven? Pro? No, it was the press kit. That was the yeah. seven. Oh, uh, okay. But, but this one is from the bottom, and then it's got Pro, a my goodness, this is so nice. 7T Pro McLaren Edition 5G. Oh, yeah. 7T so Pro 5G me. McLaren Edition? Oh, okay. Something, I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Way too many words. Yeah. <laughs> this looks awesome, honestly. And on, I, I don't know how you guys felt about 7T versus 7 Pro. I like the 7T way more. I like the mm. 7T. I yeah. like the 7T better, too. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, now we do, do you think that's again. because of the flat screen? Well, no, it is partially. a little bit. It's yeah, that. I think it's, it's it's so interesting the whole flat screen. I mean, like it seems like you know some of these like manufacturers going crazy with these waterfall displays. It's like, you know, when Samsung did it initially, it was cool, and uh, now it's just like these. Like, I've just taken that and just gone way forward because most people I've spoken to about seventy, they're like, I like the flat screen. Mm. It's just yeah, nice easier to handle. Easy to handle. The yeah. very first thing that I did on this phone when I pulled it out of the box, powered it on, plugged in my accounts, was reach across the screen to do something. And I was in the Play Store and it started downloading an app that I would never <laughs> want to download because what do you know? My thumb meat triggered it. Mm. Because it doesn't matter. I don't care. I do not care what uh, feedback anyone has about this because they're wrong. <laughs> if they think <laughs> if they think OnePlus's palm rejection is as good as uh, Samsung's or mm. uh, other manufacturers who make waterfall displays, you mm. are totally right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but listen, I don't know. I the seventy has so th- there are. Th- why do you think I'm using a case? Mm. It's not really because I want to use a case. It's because this phone is large. Yeah. Slippery yes. and curved, but also, but honestly, that is one of the gnarliest cases I've ever seen. It's got fabric in the middle, like a carpet in a car. It's McLaren, after all, mm-hmm. and then the carbon fiber on the sides. That's mm. it's cool looking. It is really it, cool. It's a yeah. case that I would be actually into. Instead, <laughs> I'll show you where to find it. In the box. <laughs> <laughs> nice, please do. All right. So the other reason why that you guys have been messing around with this phone is because the island of Maui is outfitted with 5G for this week. Well, I don't know if it's outright right. Let's or, let's let's specify what five G actually. Yes, entails. please do. And okay. This is your discussion at this point. <laughs> you, guys, you guys take it. Yeah, <laughs> so, Michael. Take Michael. Michael has has actually gone around the island. Yes. Right. 
so, doing his homework. Yeah. So, okay. It's not just the island of Maui. This was part of that T-Mobile pressing that button a couple of days ago, you know, whatever they're, you know, and uh, lighting up 5G for 200 million people. It's, uh, it is a North America deployment. Okay. And, you know, and Maui. Yeah. Uh, and the other Hawaiian Islands, I think, too. And um, essentially, it is a refarming of their 600 megahertz spectrum. Okay. So this is low band 5G. This is not the millimeter wave that we've all been talking about so crazily with Verizon Wireless uh, and, and also T-Mobile in Los Angeles and Las Vegas. But the millimeter wave where you're getting these crazy data speeds, but if you move one foot, yep. uh, you lose the signal. Or if you breathe on it wrong, it, this is really resilient signal. This signal, 600 megahertz penetrates buildings better than most traditional cellular signals did a couple of years ago at 800 megahertz. Um, but you're just not going to get one gigabit down. You're going to get speeds that T-Mobile says in most cases will be about 20% faster than a, a good 4G LTE connection. So they're saying that faster equals 5G outright. They're calling it 5G well, because... Technically, it is sub-6. Well, it is low-band as low part of band the sub-6 six. class yeah. of 5G. And this, this is what you're about to go into is why 5G... I do not envy any company that tries to sell 5G as this thing that consumers yeah. are going to need to change their lives and make it amazing because it is a long road and it's such a complicated story. Well, yeah. just just like in the case of LTE where there are different categories of LTE, there are different ban bands for 5G. There's the low band, which is what we get here. There's no med band. And then there's the high band, which is millimeter wave. Each of these has their pros and their cons. Yes. The cons of the the cons of the low band is, well, the pros is you get again it penetrates buildings much better, but you don't get the speeds that you get from millimeter wave. The problem with millimeter wave is if you're not outside getting direct line of sight from the tower, mm. you're not getting that gigabit up. So imagine yourself just looking for your phone just to be able to download something at a gigabit speed. That's but then you won't be there for long. But then <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what should be sure. the ad. Sure. <laughs> but it reminds me of, of, of times in my country where your cellular day, where cellular connection had just begun and you would have to go out yeah, and stand like, beside yeah, a tree yeah, yeah, to yeah. take yes. a phone call. Yes. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Good times. I had a friend who used to get there. If I, if I can use your phone as Please a reference, friend. I had a friend who used to do this. <laughs> oh, stick a hand on top of the phone and that, use yeah. that actually worked. Trying to make, I have no the idea. Other way way right. Right. Sorry, did you try this new scientific testing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually want to do that one day and just, just, just get a bunch of uh, so, sub six millimeters away. Yeah. <laughs> just get a bunch of That's aluminum foil from the kitchen and <laughs> yeah. twist it into an antenna like you did on TV. And this is the other thing that I'm jealous of all of you for is because you've done the five G demos, like you said in Vegas. Um, did you go to Chicago as well? I was Chicago and Providence. Did okay. Chicago and then, then you London. Providence. London. Didn't you go to New York also? No. Okay, well, okay, London. I, I'm actually interested in where in what your experience was like in London. So, what did five G feel like when you were in London? So uh, it's interesting because uh, again, it's part of this rollout, right? Okay. So um, I, I like to be positive about it. Uh, there were areas I think I think for me the congestion thing was was the big thing because I've been at uh, football games, um, concerts where you may as well just not have your phone because the LTE just can't handle yes. the load, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, more than just those crazy download speeds, it's uh, it's congestion. Like 
if I can go to like, so Covent Garden is a very busy area yep. in London. And uh, from the testing that I was doing, again, I've not done extensive testing, but from the testing that I was doing, and of course, right now, 5G is still in its infancy. Um, so there's not that many people using 5G, but it was nice just to not, you know, like I can use my phone as I should be mm -hmm. able to use it, not have to worry about the thousands of other people that are congesting, uh, causing that congestion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's that's interesting, but uh, again, it's a similar situation where amazing, and then you walk for you know a few minutes and mm. so it's it's still it's still similar from my brief testing in London um, that I've done so far. Was it was out in the open? I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I, I just can just imagine just you get on the tube and you're done. I guess the question <laughs> one of the is, tube there is nothing anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess the yeah. question that I have is: Is this phone capable of millimeter? Well, it should be capable of millimeter wave if we were to land in LA and uh, here's I don't know but that is a very complicated question because I thought finally we're in a it's 2019 we're in a period where you can get this phone or you can get the Note 10 plus 5G or the Galaxy S10 plus 5G, 5G yeah, yeah. on T-Mobile those are kind of the three head spearheaded like 5G phones but if you want a phone that has millimeter wave and low band that's some of them if you want a phone that has mid band and low band that's some of them like it's not the, yeah. we, we're not there yet no. and we're not there yet in so many different ways with this and the thing that confuses me is this look we need to be at 5g we 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 need to advance to the next level of connectivity there's all kinds of cool stuff that it will enable in the future and they should have started building it when they did and it's going to take time it's not the engineer's fault it's not the technologist's fault I don't understand why any company came out and said last year or earlier this year, all right, well, we're going to start selling it to consumers. We're going to start telling consumers they should spend more money to use this. Because when Verizon was up there on stage saying, by the way, she is one of my favorite presenters. I, she <laughs> lights up the stage. I'm so sorry I've forgotten her name or their chief product officer. Should have had that. But uh, when she said, you know, uh, we're the only carrier with a 5G ultra wideband on a beach. And we all had a good laugh at that. <laughs> and then I went down to the beach. And you, I, I could not get a connection. Oh, no. I had to okay. get off the beach, move back up to the pool. I had to stand next to the kiddie pool to get a connection. Mm. And when I did, it was 2,000 down. It was well, utterly incredible. Mm. But I couldn't, like, I moved two feet. And no yeah. dice. I don't think she was expecting you to fact check her. <laughs> hey, wrong what crowd. Do you do? <laughs> wrong crowd. This is what we it's do. It's almost like it's this my job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, um, What's, uh, what's, what's, what's interesting as well, because um, you mentioned about, okay, we're going to start selling uh, these, these, uh, these networks are like, we're going to start selling 5G to the consumers. Now, I, I don't know if it's a difference in the UK, but from a lot of what I've seen, um, the devices are a little bit more expensive. So you're looking at a hundred bucks more, right? Oh, yeah. But the plans on a lot of networks in the UK are not costing any more for 5G. Which is quite interesting. Hmm. That is so, interesting. So it's just like, hey, you know, when you do have 5G, then great, you're not paying anything more for it, essentially. Yeah. But right? I, I think that in the end, here's the thing. Each carrier needs to invest in infrastructure anyways. And 5G is only helping them address their infrastructure problems. So it's in, their it's in their convenience that people adopt whatever offering they have, whether it's, and it, honestly, it should be in the case of lower mid-band, which is the case of Sprint and T-Mobile in the United States, not necessarily in the case of, you know, high band with Verizon, because it's funny that we did that whole thing in, in Chicago, and at no point did they, did they explain to us, 
this only works in millimeter wave. Mm. They never explained to us that there was no support yet for like mid or low band. That oh, ever, I don't know. I feel like that was cl- kind of clear. I don't, I, no, I but they 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 weren't very they weren't very clear. Oh, I was Adamant. just there to test the millimeter waves. So yeah, 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 no, and it was great when we found it. When we found it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but here's the thing. Back then, what, what was the other option? Five GE on AT and T. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you know what? To your point earlier about um, the fact that all 5G phones are not the same, I have a Note, well, it's not on me right now, actually, but I have a Note 10 from Korea. That And in Korea, all phones are 5G now. Right. Mm. Won't work here. Can't work here. Won't work here. Like the Fold 5G, which I wanted mm. to import and use on yeah. um, some, some network. I forgot. We're back in the that's, days. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. We're back in the days when you would get a review unit from someone. I bought that phone, yeah. but you get a review unit from someone mm. and it's not compatible with the network in your... Yeah, right. I remember the OnePlus One because uh, it was so difficult to get hold of it and you had the invite and stuff. So I actually got one shipped from China. And I was like, hey, great. And I couldn't get any LTE on there. Oh, no. So it was just like yeah. you know, 2G, 3G. Like... And I was like, what? And then I had to get like a different... I Never settle. Switch. <laughs> <laughs> but it was... I mean, yeah. So yeah, that's that's... Going back to then, that was, I can't, like, I did, went through all that effort to get that phone and I couldn't use it. Well, we and just got to a point where all the phones pretty much work pretty everywhere. Pretty much, yeah, cover all bands. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Mm. I feel like we're back to when I started this career. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's, everything's a cycle, right? Yeah, yeah. indeed. But, and history repeats itself. And Right. Yeah. And, and it has, I mean, you can say that about everything about this industry. Like, um, six, six or seven years ago, it was T-Mobile. They were the bad guy for mm. mislabeling HSPA plus as, as 4G. 4G. That's true. And it was, we all call, uh, somebody very clever termed it 4G. Because it was still technically a 3G standard and the speeds weren't close mm. to what we would eventually get on LTE. So uh, and now at and is a bad guy, but could, with T-Mobile, here's the thing. I took that road trip. I had to get off the resort. I didn't want to use the T-Mobile cell site on the roof. Oh yeah, take this opportunity to give your... So your... I hopped in an Uber with Andrew Martinick and uh, David Kogan and we went up to Kihei, which is about 15 minutes up the road. It's a little town. And you know, the whole way there, I had the 5G indicator on the phone, was getting speeds. Well, the speeds are inconsistent. Sometimes LTE would beat it. Sometimes 5G would beat it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the thing is, this is a rollout that appears to at least from what I've seen from here and from uh, other people in the continental United States appears to cover the number of people T-Mobile says it covers. And that makes sense Mm -hmm. because it's a totally different thing than what Verizon has to do, which is build an entirely new network from the ground up that's much harder to build. Mm. But how excited should the consumer really be about a 20% increase in speed in the best case scenario? Well, how much is that phone? That's exactly what I'm looking for right now. I think it's about- See, this is the thing. So, like, if I'm not, if I'm on my data plan, if I'm not paying anything extra and I'm getting that, right, essentially, right, then I'm pretty excited that I'm going to get 20% for, for, for not paying anything extra. This phone is $899 for the 256 gigabyte variant. I was hoping it was like six. Mm. It's a $900 OnePlus phone. Mm. And OnePlus phones are great, so, but they're great because they're $600. Yeah. So, this is, this is where the 765 becomes interesting because well, you're going to get how, cheaper phones. But how much do you pay? Right. F- but how much do you pay for a 256 gigabyte storage phone? That's the thing. I mean, isn't the, this only offered in 256? Yeah, it is. Well, but then, then, I don't, then I don't care. Then I don't have an option. So you're just making me pay that. I mean, great. Thank you for giving me that. But I don't. But hate- in, in comparison to the 70 Pro 256 equivalent. How much more is that? I feel like it's at least a. Well, one. you guys, you guys don't get the 70 Pro, do you? Yeah, we don't. Not in the US. That's right. So you can't yeah. make that comparison. Yeah. Yeah. But like you know, looking at the Note, for example, um, 
pricing. 1300, uh, I think. 13, so 1300 versus without 5G. Well, in the S10, it's 1000 for the non 5G. Is 5G that much Three, of a premium? $300? Like, really? Yeah, 300. That it's not worth it. No. Yeah. You okay, shouldn't so that pay is, that much extra mm. in order to get 5G, no matter what the 5G is. Yeah. Unless you live with a millimeter wave uh, node right outside your apartment window and, you and you're willing to open your window to eight, use it. Eight, 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 <laughs> the glass. Or, and, and, you, <laughs> and, and you work in like a food truck on the street uh, permanently. Right. Then you're going to get those you. speeds all the time. Right. And I don't mean, listen, I think Saf made a good point earlier about like being positive about this stuff. Because look, it's going to change stuff. Yeah, it's already it's... changing life in sports stadiums and, in, and for congestion and network architecture. It's going to enable all kinds of new connected devices. It is exciting. Mm. I just, in my opinion, it shouldn't be being sold to consumers right now. I think anyone okay. who's spending the money on it right now is not making the best use of their money, but I'm going to buy a Motorola Razor, so what do I know? Yeah. <laughs> no, but this is Mr. Thing, I mean, so, 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 so my point is, if you're not paying that much extra for it, then I, I, don't, I don't mind them yeah. selling that to me. Sure. Right? Yeah, sure. So if it's like, okay, it's going to be 50 bucks more, your plan is still going to cost the same. That's what and I you're want. And you're going to get 20% yeah. increase. I'm like, you know what? I don't mind. That, that 50 bucks is fine. So in the UK, cool. as far as I'm aware, you're looking at, on average, 100 more for a 5G version. So for example, the Note versus the Note 5G, it's about a hundred pounds more. Well, That's we're, we're greedy right bastards in the, the US. The, the 300 is too much. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't but, recommend. But I, here's the thing. What was the price of the McLaren with the, when they launched it on the 6T and every previous iteration of special edition phones? Mm. Every single time it's been around two, $300 more expensive regardless. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that the, that the whole strategy of only launching the McLaren in the United States is what makes it, inter makes it interesting. Because if I wanted 256 gigabytes on any phone, it would not be less than that price. Mm -hmm. So you are getting a lot of storage. It's UFS3. You get you know the whole McLaren experience with the special case and everything. And it's still the most affordable entry into 5G. I think that is a good point because yeah, yeah you get those specs, you get the McLaren branding, and compared to the other high-end 5G capable phones, it is still more affordable. It, this is yeah. still so, this yeah. is the most so affordable way to get 5G right that now. That's true. And and here's the thing, like I, still want to pay. I, I guess the the <laughs> only concern that I would have, like if any consumer would come up to me and be like, should I get a 5G phone, Mike? That it's the question that I ask right now. What happens if I land in Los Angeles? Will this phone give me that millimeter wave that T-Mobile is offering there or not? Well, I'll test that Doesn't for you. Matter. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. you, know, you should continue this podcast. Review. <laughs> See you later. See you later. Now, there you should, we should build a website that says, it has a question, it says, should I buy a 5G phone? And then there should be a yes, no check mark next to, is it 2019 or 2020? And if you select yes, then it should just say no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shouldn't buy a 5G phone. <laughs> well, okay, so how, 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 how many years do you think we're off? I, Two. Two, Two for saying? like at least, okay, you're still going to be the kind of person who will invest in 5G with a little bit more money, but where we are right now, and I think 2020, it's not going to be at that point yet. But then, okay, but then, but then you we're have talking about America on this couch, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's different for Saf, who's no, I like mean, his minor, very small. Uh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, so so this is the thing. I mean, so 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 for me, it's like, look, if it's not costing you that much more, then I'm, I'm, I'm cool with them selling it, right? Mm -hmm. um, as long as it's realistic, right? Yeah. That yeah. it's okay, look, you're, you're not... The plan that you're on, you're not going to pay anything extra on it. I'm, I'm happy with that, right? If you're saying you're going to pay, you're going to have to pay $300 more yeah. to enable 5G, yeah. I'm, I'll tell you right, right now, that's not worth it. And that'll take two years. Yeah, and it's going to be like, yeah. okay, but if you're paying, you know, 50 and you're not paying more for your plan, then it's like, and hey, you know why it's going to yeah. take two years? Because 765 has to proliferate. Yeah. It has to get everywhere. Yeah. And that's 2021. 
Yeah, you so, and then even even then, you know that that in the case of eight eight sixty five, the modem is intentionally separate just to get more speeds. Oh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The A sixty five can be customized with different modems. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and that was done intentionally in order for you know companies to have flexibility, but also because the output was like seven point five gigabits. That was the maximum, the theoretical maximum. Example, yeah, which yeah. which no other chip can achieve. And there we go again. The OEM. It's going to be up to the OEM. And mm. and in this case, the carriers to build the network. Yeah, so that's that can yeah. deliver. So I, I guess my biggest question is that, like, because I I know that a lot of people are concerned because. What should I buy? Because most people will buy a phone for two, three years. It's not like if they're going to buy, e even if even if five G becomes a thing in twenty twenty one, and their you know plan is up for change right now, they're going to want to know: should I go future proof or not? And the question is: how committed to future proofness are the current phones that are available right now? If your current millimeter wave phone on Verizon will support sub six whenever they implement it, is your current sub six phone going to support millimeter wave? And it does. To my understanding, some of these things are switched off right now. Uh, some of this stuff just doesn't work. Like this is still not a complete. Like even on the T-Mobile thing, like you, the upload or uh, excuse me, when you switch on mobile hotspot, it shoot goes back to LTE because yeah. of the firmware limitation oh, on yeah. the chip. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and that'll be corrected with a software update. There's just so many variables involved. Yeah, ultimately, I mean, for a while, Verizon was even using five G for the uplink. Like this, it's early. It's yeah, too, yeah, it's, too, it's early. too early. That's what I'm saying. 2021. Yeah, like no matter where you are, honestly. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that was a good, like, I mean, kind of a solid hour just talking about everything Qualcomm this week. Thank you guys so much for being on. I'm going to give you guys the floor. Actually, all three, all three of you. The floor to plug whatever you want to plug. Let's start with Michael. Thanks, man. I've just started a bake shop in Sausalito. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like you to come by and taste my houseboat and, and taste my muffins. No, uh, you can find me There's at... There's nothing more mobile Taste than your muffins? <laughs> <laughs> that did not sound right. <laughs> I forgot bumper said. stickers. Yeah, pick it up. I mean, there's nothing more mobile than finger food, right? No, true enough. Yeah, hey, <laughs> see, there we go. Personal meat. Yeah, personal <laughs> meat. <laughs> personal oils. Oh, God. <laughs> Demonetized. Right. Demonetized. <laughs> Hashtag no, uh, sponsored. What's up, Hashtag. you sexy mother demonetized? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to see um, tweets about these things and occasional photos of fun things, I'm at the Mr. Mobile on all the socials, and I also make the occasional YouTube video. Occasional. Well, <laughs> getting more occasional as I get further and further behind. But yeah, oh, the Mister Mobile, T H E M R M O B I L E. Thanks for having me, John. We all know that. We all know that struggle. Oh, dude, this is this water. is your child. This podcast is yeah. your child. You know it that. It is. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's being shepherded very nicely. Thank I you. hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so glad it's still on the air and doing so so well. Someone's so, gonna be you. like minute fifty four. Is it? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Now everyone's going to say I'm going to go leave that comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about Saf coming up next? Uh, yeah. Uh, Super Saf across uh, the board. Uh, YouTube. I bake even more occasional videos. <laughs> like, well, even, even less videos than uh, the Mr. Mobile. How about muffins? <laughs> um, <laughs> depends what kind. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Twitter, Instagram. I was going to say Facebook, but, but why bother? I won't, I won't say. I won't spoil right. it. No TikTok um, yet? <laughs> I am not actually. Thank I'm God. Not. Um, so yeah, uh, lots of tech news, uh, pictures of me uh, traveling and making everybody feel. Lots bad. of pictures of me. <laughs> Indeed. Have we? I think every single one of us at this table has taken a picture of you at some point. Right? Yeah, yeah. This is why I hang out with you guys. You guys take the pictures. You know, hashtag photocred. Instagram boyfriend? No, it's Instagram colleagues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how hard it is to find 
this is what I like about these gatherings. Everybody, can, I can hand you a phone and I know it's going to be a good picture. That's yeah. true. This is yeah. not the case normally. So no, that's true. No, Hashtag blessed. One, yeah. day, one day I'm going to take a picture of you and your whole head's on the lower third. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to expose you. <laughs> All right, Jaime. I'm Jaime Rivera. You guys know where I am. Yeah. I'm here doing the daily, <laughs> doing the reviews, doing a lot of stuff. It's so good to be back. I thank you for accepting to do this format again. Honestly, we had such special guests today yeah. that oh, I would have thanks. not wanted to do it any other way. Yeah, he, he did have a good point. And you know what? Like I said, um, the actual discussional podcast, those are special events. And if there are times when I do it, we already have the new format ready. It's an audio podcast, but this week it'll just be both. It'll be video and audio. So Love it. again, thank you to all three of you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. All right. So... I'm gonna check real quick. Um, I think I, I still I do still want to do my recurring segment where I respond to your comments from last week. So we might go to that right now. I thought it was for VTech. LOL. I can see you in a '99 Honda Civic screaming VTech kicked in yo LMAO. All right. Uh, is that is that a little bit racist? Might be a little bit racist. I'm just playing. Uh, it's also kind of funny because I do live in an area that uh, had a lot of that. I'm not far from Arcadia, so there were a ton of people who did have, and it didn't even matter who they were. There were just a lot of people in general who had Honda Civics back in the day. I'm not thankful for that. I have never driven a Honda Civic. Not that there's anything wrong with it. You know, we just prefer our European cars. Good episode. Lots of interesting guests. Thanks. Thankful for my family. That is a good thing to be thankful for. Um, so much love out to you. Um, hopefully you had a great time in the holiday season with your family. I'm thankful for mobile connectivity, 4G on two phones, two carriers, which makes me able to work and stay connected at home. I'm right there with you. It is really awesome to be able to work pretty much from everywhere. I mean, just look at me. I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt uh, and I'm in Maui right now. Uh, we can literally work out on the beach or near the pool, which again, has literally happened, uh, mainly because the Wi-Fi here is actually pretty decent, but also um, with the Surface Pro X in particular, you could just throw in a, a SIM card in there and you have connectivity no matter where you are. I've actually been doing that, a Google Fi data sim in that thing pretty awesome a few comments about stadia and you guys had a lot of stuff to say about how i felt about stadia let me reiterate something real quick i said it wasn't perfect of course not everyone's experience is going to be the same so you know let's everyone chill out a little bit it's not going to be the it's not going to be great for everyone and that means it's not great but for me it wasn't that bad when the users increases you'll see how it really lags We'll see what happens there. That is true for all cloud services, that congestion is a big problem. So let's see what happens when that occurs. On a lighter note, your Stadia opinion, much respect to you, a very mature opinion. That's where I try to be at all times. It's not that I just get caught up in like the honeymoon phase, but I did say that I just got Stadia like a couple of days before I recorded that podcast. So obviously I was still in the pocket of, I just got this and it's pretty fun. It remains fun. And uh, I have the expectation of, I'm not gonna be able to play it everywhere or as consistently as I could on a console or a PC, but that's an expectation that I had going into it. So it doesn't excuse any of the problems that might be uh, occurring on Stadia, but at the same time, if I'm allowed to have that opinion or, or that perspective in my experience, well, that was my experience and that was what I shared. If you got excellent internet to play Stadia, but only in your house, then what exactly is the point of that versus just having a PC or a console at your house and playing with zero input lag? Of course, that's the thing. No one is saying that zero input lag on a console or a PC is being replaced by Stadia. There's literally no reason for that. All that they're trying to do is create uh, an apparatus for people to be able to play the high-end games without having to worry about upgrading their PCs all of the time. And of course, the um, consoles are going to be an option. 
I think that if you have a really good internet connection and you are okay with paying, let's say the $69 for just the Stadia controller, if you already have a Chromecast Ultra, because some people do, or honestly, the $129 that I paid uh, for the combo, that's still less than most consoles. Um, and then uh, if you they have a good library and you have a good internet connection, you can just play it at home, then there you go. You've created a situation where Stadia makes sense for you at home. There's just that added benefit that you could use Stadia on the go if you happen to have a good internet connection other places. I still don't get the Stadia hype. I'm a GeForce Now user on Shield for five years now, and so it's nothing new for me. Yeah, I kind of wish that I got into GeForce Now more when I had the uh, K1 tablet. Um, I do also have uh, the Shield TV, the earlier one. I do want to get the new one, and I want to try out uh, GeForce Now now. Um, and yeah, if you've been using it up until now and you've really enjoyed it, well, then more power to you. Um, for a lot of other people, the new streaming services that are starting to come out from the console guys and also from Google are going to be their introduction into it. The business model for Stadia makes no sense. Imagine if you had to buy movies on Netflix and you lose it when you end your subscription. Why would you do that? Okay, there's a thread here uh, explaining the differences right now. Everyone's talking about Stadia in the sense of where it is right now, but I think a lot of people are indeed forgetting that there is a free version of Stadia happening later where you sign up and you can use Stadia games that you buy for full price. Now, again, it is not ideal that you're paying full price for a game that ends up not being playable if you lose an internet connection. I agree with that. But if you have a good setup and you have the analogous console experience at home, you're basically getting a full game and so you pay for it. The only time you actually lose games is if you have the Stadia Pro subscription and you cancel that. There are games that they're putting out for free um, for that $9.99 subscription price a month. You get some free games every now and then. And if you cancel that subscription, you lose those free games. But if you're just using the free version of Stadia, which means all you're doing is just making an account on Stadia and then you buy games outright and you use the Stadia servers and connections to play it. Well, I mean, you're not losing anything if you've already gotten that game. Um, you can just keep playing it using the Stadia app. All they're asking you to do is log in with your Google credentials. Really digging Stadia so far. My kids, the real pros here, say it feels just like a normal console, so that's a win to me. Yeah, I do call that a win, and I think that it would be really nice to have something a little bit more minimal. Um, I agree, again, that the internet connection stuff uh, can be a problem for some, but if it's working well for you, well, then great. You have a good setup, and it looks like your kids are having fun, so more power to you. Well, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and call it on this one. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this edition of the Paganau Weekly Podcast. Yes, it's a super long upload, and that's not the best thing for YouTube, but I hope you enjoyed it because we had great guests on, and we had a wonderful discussion. So if anything, just like with this episode and any other episode of the podcast, what we're trying to do is create a show that you can hit play on, and if you're doing other stuff, let it play in the background. You're still going to get all the info you're looking for. So hopefully you'll find a way to enjoy it, whether it's on your podcasting app or in the background on YouTube, or if you end up watching the entire episode, thank you so much for that as well. Get into the comment sections down below. Talk about everything that we spoke about on this episode. Um, it was a long one, so there's a lot of topics to talk about. So get into the comment sections. And next week, I will respond to more of your comments, uh, this time about Qualcomm, Snapdragon, the Surface Pro X, uh, any of the Snapdragon computing platforms. Um, and yeah, if there's anything else that we may not have talked about, go ahead and bring it up about Qualcomm and Snapdragon. There were a lot of announcements from them this week. But from there, I'm going to go ahead and call it on this one. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, subscribe to the Paganau uh, channel for even more of the weekly, the daily, and all of the other content that is done on this channel. Uh, and from there, you can follow Paganau on all social media networks at Paganau, of course. And uh, from there, yeah, follow us everywhere, and we will see you in our next episode.